Okay, so basically, Ron, we just kind of wanted to uh, get you on because it's been, uh, well, I'm sure you've been bombarded with like tons of stuff, right? So you've been, you've been, I'm sure you've been telling the same story over and over and over and over as people like are approaching you and independent like questions and, and this kind of stuff. So we kind of just for Winnipeg, just kind of wanted to get on here and, you know, allow people some uh, opportunities to shoot us some questions that maybe they had for you that, you know, they don't feel that they are able to reach you. I don't know. Everybody, I guess, can email you. But <clears throat> so we kind of put together a, a little list. But uh, before we get started, you know, this might be the first time that people actually see who you are. There's a lot of new people coming on. So I don't know. We, we kind of just wanted to give you a few minutes to just explain who, who you are, who's Ron and how you got into this sport, where you were before it became the CPA. And it doesn't have to go in great detail. Just maybe just shoot them a bit about what's who you are and that's it yeah wow <laughs> yeah it's, it's, go it's going back in the past here <laughs> we're going to go back a few years then <laughs> i actually started believe it or not i believe it or not i started as a competitor well i guess i guess it, i think most of us have started as competitors uh, i think humberto you're probably a competitor at one time and i'm still i still am so what's that i feel i'm a competitor so and I, you still I, are I'm a competitor still. and you're still active which is great yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's I, I started off, uh, you know, working in a place called Vic Tanny, which is like, I'm going back like 40, 50 years. They were kind of like the good life of uh, today. And in fact, I think that's where good life kind of got, got their ideas. And Vic Tanny's was one of those franchises across Canada and the U.S., which I uh, I managed that club for a while. And at the same time, used to work out on a regular basis. So yeah, I did start as a bodybuilder, competed in the local events here in Sudbury and Sault Ste. Marie and Ottawa. And uh, back then it was, you know, one light over you and one judge looking at you. I mean, it was pretty, uh, the, it was the beginning stages. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, I mean, we're talking 1976. Yeah, 1976 or 19, yeah, 76, 74 is when we, I started work, work oh, well, started competing actually. And then from there, I, I, I got involved in the uh, in judging the shows. So I was judging for quite a while. And then from there, I just came into, uh, I, came, I started promoting events. And uh, the show that I promoted was here in Sudbury uh, for many, many years. And uh, it was a great experience doing that. So I was actually involved with the Ontario Physique Association, which I was an executive member and a regional director. And I, you know, I, I just uh, stayed involved. You know, some of them would come into the association and leave, but I always, I was always consistent. I was always, it was always a passion for me to stay involved with the sport, you know, even after I competed and realized that, you know, I was going to go as far as I can go, which was basically winning a, a Northern Ontario championship. It was, you know, I never really went to the nationals or, or stuff like that, but my heart was always in the sport. And uh, I found that judging was something that I enjoyed doing and promoting. So I did a bit of both, uh, and then eventually became president of the, uh, the Ontario Physique Association, which was under the Canadian Canadian uh, Bodybuilding Federation at that time, uh, and we were affiliated with the IFBB International. And you know, just continued stayed in the sport, and uh, you know, never really left it. Uh, you know, other than you know, I, I did leave the the uh, I did work for Big Tannies for a while, then I became a firefighter. So. As a firefighter, I still wanted to stay involved, so I continued working part-time, let's just say, with Big Tannies. And then uh, just eventually, uh, you know, when Big Tannies was fading out, basically, and, uh, you know, I ended up buying my own club uh, with uh, some partners. And uh, even to this day, I still have a, a, a club. Well, I don't have a club. I have a building uh, where it's called the Gym Fitness Center, where the uh, owner of that uh fitness center now uh troy thompson is continually uh, working that club and it's still a hardcore kind of bodybuilding club it's got all the weights and you know up to 200 pounds 300 pound dumbbells and he still has all of the high tech stuff also you know kudos to him for uh, for keeping the club going and uh you know it, it's just great to be involved in the sport and and now i'm involved of course 
in an even bigger way in terms of, you know, becoming an IFBB pro judge, judging the Olympia uh, annually, judging the Arnold Classic annually. So, you know, it took years to get to that point. But I guess I gained the, the confidence of the IFBB Pro League and there's a lot of credibility involved. And, uh, you know, they, they took me in as I'm part of the family. So it, it's been a long road, but I uh, now I'm at a stage where I can really enjoy it. Because this is uh, something I do basically full time. As you know, I don't, uh, I'm retired as a firefighter and, uh, you know, I'm not running a club per se. So all my focus is basically on the Canadian Physique Alliance, on uh, promoting uh, IFBB pro shows and being president of the Canadian Physique Alliance, uh, helping grow the sport here in Canada and in Europe, actually. I'm actually doing some stuff there also. So it's been a, it's been a great, it's been a great road. It's been a great trip and it's something that, uh, I'm still having fun with, so I don't plan to quit or retire, <laughs> you know. Until, <laughs> yeah, as long as it's fun. You know, if, if you guys are thinking that, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm still enjoying it. <clears throat> in fact, I talked to Jim Mannion about it because, you know, he's even he's been in it even longer than I have. And he says, well, he, he still loves the sport. And as long as he loves it and he's having fun with it, he'll keep it going. And I feel the same way. So that's, yeah, that's perfect. You know, that's basically the story. Cool. Cool. Yeah, we had a question actually. It was from uh, from Natalie. She was the the head judge in, in Winnipeg, so that was her that was her first shot at doing head judge last year. And we kind of you know it was a, it was a shotgun approach, a shotgun wedding kind of approach there, where she was thrown into a COVID mix with a ninety minute uh, yeah. structure, and she had no idea. So she had a question. She's like, uh, "What's it like for you?" So I'm just gonna read it. It's like, "What was it like being a, being a head judge?" You know, I'm just gonna read this here. So like, I guess being a head judge for in the international stage as well as just being a head judge period right so maybe you can describe a little bit about your job as a head judge versus like say the other judges in the panel so what exactly is a head judge doing during a show versus what the other ones are doing yeah a head judge really kind of could carry the show he really or she really can and 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 kudos to uh uh, mrs janet she did a great job at that event and we went back and forth on some conversations. I mean, she was honored to the fact, she was honored that she was going to head judge the event. And, uh, you know, she's an IFBB pro and uh, she's very loyal to the Canadian Physique Alliance and the IFBB Pro League. So kudos to her to uh, to be able to do that. And apparently she did a great job, right, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, she she did she did good. I, I was on I was on her pretty hard trying to speed things up, but she, she handled the pressure really well. Yeah, considering uh, she really didn't have that much experience. Uh, other than leaning on me for a little bit of information, which I helped her with. But the years of uh, judging, you know, you you gain a lot of confidence and you just get better at it. You know, it, it's like something you do all the time. You just get better at it. And, you, you know, you need an eye for it. But as a head judge, you really have to kind of control what's going on on stage and ensure that, you know, all the competitors have a good look. And, you know, all of the judges that are with you are relying on your experience to sort of guide them in the direction that we're going in judging in general. I mean, the judging has changed and the looks have changed year after year. I mean, you know, 30 years ago, judging 30 years ago to what it is now has completely changed. Even three, four, five, six years ago, you know, with bikini, when bikini first came out as a judge, you were looking for the beach body, soft, uh, you know, there's certain things that are still the same. You still have to be beautiful and you have to have a nice presence on stage, but the look has changed. So having that opportunity to judge the IFBB Pro League Olympia and, and the Arnold Classic kind of gave me a good idea of what we're looking for or what the direction is. So a head judge, you know, should be looking at what's going on not only i mean if they don't have an opportunity to you know to judge these international events or ifbb pro league events they they have to be knowledgeable on you know who won the olympia uh they should be watching the videos of uh, the the high-end events so that they know that okay that's the direction it's going because the trainers are looking to us to let so they 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 can realize exactly what they need to do to train their clients to meet the criteria that we're looking for yeah, because even me, I'm getting, uh, I get messages now and then say, oh, who's who's your head judge, right? So yeah. these are from some trainers. They want to know who the head judge is. And depending on who it is, it's like, okay, I'm going to go to a different show. 
I'm like, what? Really? They're like, no, it's like, it's, it, I guess it depends on if they feel that they're, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them are waiting to hear that it's either you or Rudy, right? Because I guess they feel because of where you guys are at internationally. So I, part of the question is, is a head judge, are you guys grouping? So me, I kind of have an understanding. So you guys are pulling that top five and you're, you're basically telling the judges, okay, these are my five, you put them in order of one to five. And do the judges actually have an opportunity to, to score them out of that top five? Well, let's just say they want somebody else in there. Or are they kind of stuck within what you pick as that top five? Well, you know, when we when we grouped them, I and then maybe five or six or sometimes, I know Rudy sometimes will bring seven out, you know, and I'll even bring out a big group. So basically now the way that the way it's set up now with the presentation, I mean, all of the, uh, you know, usually when I talk to my judges, you know, I let them know, listen, we're going to do our presentation round. So, uh, you know, rather than going right to the mandatory poses first, we go to the presentation round. So that kind of that round kind of like lets the judges know, okay, who they think is the best one. So the presentation round kind of like initiates it. So I'm looking at it. The judges are all looking at that presentation round. Then we go on, then they come on stage and it's basically for every category. Then they do, then we do the comparison rounds in the lineup. You know, we, we just put them in numerical order. We haven't compared them or anything yet. So once we have them in numerical order, again, myself and all of the judges, I kind of looking at, they're trying to group them in A's, B's, and C's, let's just say, you know, in groups of five. If there's 15, well, they'll have an A, B, and C group. So that's when they, what they've seen at the presentation round, the comparison round is where they can confirm that what they saw at the presentation round makes a lot of sense, that they thought that out of the 15 that came out, there was five A's, five B's, and five C's, let's just say. But what happens at the comparison round, once they're all together in the lineup, then you can compare them a little bit better. So sometimes somebody that I may have picked in a B, you know, I might put it as a B plus, let's just say that's the way I use it. Once I see them in the lineup, then I can confirm whether or not the A's are correct and the B's are correct and the other judges are doing the same thing. So somebody that I might look at that, that I'm thinking is in a second group, comparison round sometimes brings them up to the A group. Now that we've done that and we've juggled them around, then we'll bring the top five up, usually the top five. Okay. And now we're going to compare them. But more often than not, even though I have my A group up, one of the judges will come up and ask, can I bring another competitor up, which was probably a close five or a six or a seven. You know what I'm saying? They, they were So anybody that's kind of close will sometimes bring them up. And believe it or not, uh, you know, we, we get we get another chance to compare them. And that sixth or seventh that we thought should not be in that first call out gets an opportunity to really show themselves. And that's when we start comparing each other. Right. So that sixth or seventh might end up being moved into a fifth or a fourth. No, rarely they get moved into a first place, but it does happen that they do magic on stage. I mean, some people were standing relaxed they really don't get to express themselves as well as when they finally get to pose, especially in bodybuilding and classic physique and stuff like that. A little different with bikini and, and say figure uh, and say wellness. Usually, you know, they just have to do the quarter turns or the front and back poses, but classic and bodybuilding, they can really change their physique when they start posing. Yeah, they harden up, dry out a little bit. And... That's right. And, you know, the more that sometimes the more they pose, the stronger they get. And I noticed that with the IFBB Pro League, uh, especially with the bodybuilding and classic physique, uh, you know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll kind of work them a little harder because they want to see who's got the condition to, to, to keep that, that shape up, to keep themselves looking sharp, to keep themselves looking strong. Some of them phase out. <laughs> and it's usually the last round that decides who the winner is going to be. Uh, you know, at the beginning, uh, you know, the winner looks obvious. And then as we continue doing comparisons, you know, the, the stronger ones come to the top and the weaker ones kind of sink. So, um, you know, they have to work on stage and they have to maintain their strength, their composure, their, uh, you know, their, their charisma and be able to pose during the whole thing. So, yeah, the head judge kind of leads that. That's why we have like Rudy and myself. We have a lot of experience. And now we have other head judges that are coming on board, like Tammy, Paul, IFBB Pro judges, uh, Michelle, uh, crack and of course you know we have our head judge in in, in Winnipeg that yeah, you know, I think is going to get even and and who else we have in the West? we have a, a couple of more head judges there but uh, a lot of the head judges have either judged the North Americans which is a show 
with, you know, 15 to 1800 competitors uh, with lineups of uh, 40 bikinis in an A class, you wow. know? So you yeah. see so many of them after a while, you get better at it and you, and you just got to get sharp and you got to get quick, but you have to, at least as a head judge, understand what the look is first. You have to have that base right off the bat. So yep. you got to know what the look is. And then once you have that look in your head, you got to ensure that all the judges are on the same pages. And, and you know, it's still, it's still a, uh, a choice that the judge makes in the end, you know, we're usually on the same page, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of, uh, discussion on maybe one one of them was a little bit more conditioned the other one was less conditioned but had better lines you just got to find that that perfect match that perfect look the closest look to is, let's just say olympia winners or arnold classic winners you know nobody's going to have a perfect physique but that closest look is the look that we're looking for so okay so basically yeah basically that 30 seconds is more important than what uh, a lot of people may think, especially at the beginning levels, right? Absolutely. So. Uh, that presentation round is very important. If they, if, if they present themselves well with confidence and they have a good look, you know, that first impression is important, you know, for me to, to decide, okay, did, you know, this looks like an A or a B or a C. And then, you know, if, if and then once they're in the lineup again, they got to show everything that they've got. Even when they're standing and we're pulling them out for comparisons, on the sidelines, you know, we're still judging them, you know, and, and uh, you know, they got to stand uh, tall, proud, and, you know, always kind of, kind of flexed, uh, not never relax with your shoulders down. So every category has a different kind of look that you're looking at. And, uh, you know, we have so many categories now that every category is very important. Uh, and, and, that, and, and, and the head judge plays an extremely important role to ensure that the right competitor gets picked. You know, fortunately, with our regional shows especially, the lineups are usually not as big as, as the big pro qualifiers and that. So we, really give, we can really give the competitors a chance to show themselves on stage. We'll give them a little bit more time. In a lot of cases, they're novice competitors, so we'll let them do a little bit more than the norm just to get that practice. But it's nice to see how they progress from show to show. And, uh, you know, once they have the bug and, uh, and they have the confidence on stage, they'll come back and they'll do better. And that's where, you know, video critiques and stuff like that will help. Right. So, so yeah, on. the head judge plays a big role, not only, not only in, in, in that, but in just ensuring that the whole report, we're working in partnership with the, with the promoter, basically. The promoter plays a big role and the judges and especially the head judges is basically in partnership with the promoter, with the MC, with the stat person, with the judges around them. So there's a lot of responsibility and it makes a difference on how that show is going to be uh, viewed uh, by everybody that's at the event, you know, the fans and the other competitors, everybody wants to be treated fairly. And yet, and, and, you know, if they didn't win, they have to know why, and you need to give them a legitimate reason. They came in second, third, last, or first. They need an explanation, and, and we should be able to give it to them. So, uh, you know, the, the head judge plays a very important role in, in giving them the explanation on why they didn't place or win, and also, at the same time, giving them some advice on, you know, what they can do to improve, or giving them a video critique that they can take to their trainer. And uh, the trainer can, can, can look at it and say, oh, okay, I brought him in too tight, or I brought him in, you know, uh, too big, too soft, whatever, you know, whatever we tell the competitor, you know, what he or she needs to improve. So it's, uh, it's a challenge and it's a lot of fun, uh, but it is, it's a full day's work. I mean, you know, uh, I know I've been to the North Americans uh, along with, uh, you know, Rudy and some of the other head judges and it's, a, it's, it's a, it's a work weekend. You're there to work. You're there to, to judge and to give the, these athletes who have paid money, you know, entry fees, training fees, tanning. I mean, you know, they've given it all. So it's up to us to ensure that they get a fair shake. So that's, that's basically what's involved. And, and it's great that we're getting these new head judges on board because we've got so many shows in Canada. We just can't hit them all anymore, as you know. Uh, so that's basically it. All right. Right on. Um, for the people that are, are perhaps unfamiliar with the different classes and levels that the Canadian Physique Alliance offers, I would like to talk uh, about this in a little bit more detail. 
Um, so we have classes such as the true novice, the novice, and the open classes in the regional show. And then we have the open, uh, sorry, the pro qualifier classes. Now, right. is there any difference in the judging criteria amongst these, not only the open classes, whether it's the regional and the pro qualifier, but also the novice and the true novice, if any? Are there any differences in how, how you judge them? Or is it kind of like a, like a one specific look for all of them? Yeah, well, it is exactly that. You know, we judge everybody the same. I mean, you know, when, when we have a group of, uh, say, true novice, first-time competitors on stage, right? That's basically what a true novice has never competed before. You know, we'll judge them the, the same as we'd be judging any show or, or any category, whether it's a pro qualifier. I mean, we'll look at the physique and the one that has the best quality physique, the best presentation. Some of those true novices are just naturals. <laughs> you know, they come on stage and like, they end up winning the true novice, they end up winning novice, and they go into the open class and they win that. So what does that tell you? You know, some of them have been preparing for this for years, even though they never stepped on stage before. And they just, you know, amaze us sometimes. So, uh, but in most cases, a true novice, you know, they'll come in there, you know, it's their first time. Maybe the only difference is when I'm head judging a true novice, I try to help them a lot more. You know, if you're in a pro qualifier, you've, you have experience, you should know what you're doing. You've done regional shows. You've qualified to a pro qualifier. You know, we don't have to be as patient, let's just say. But when it comes to novice and true novice, we certainly want to give them a, you know, a great experience. So I always try to be a little less, let's just say, uh, presumption. Unforgiving. <laughs> that they know what they're doing, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I give them some advice while they're on stage, you know. I mean, uh, and some of them, you know, and I let them know at the meeting, you know, if I'm, if I'm telling you to, you know, uh, stand a certain way because I'm trying to help you. So in if that was, if that's the question in terms of, you know, how do we deal with them in, in, if we deal with them differently, it's in that manner in terms of being more patient, ensuring they have a good experience. This is their first time on stage. You know, uh, it's understandable that, you know, they may not know exactly what to do. So uh, we don't want to embarrass anybody on stage. Their families and friends are there. And, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's a great sport and we don't want, we don't want them to start off on the wrong foot. So, uh, if there is a difference, that would be the difference for myself anyway. And I'm sure, uh, the other head judges feel the same way. One of the questions, actually, I just kind of want to add to that <clears throat> because I guess treating them different. I was just wondering back in the old days with the, I guess, with the introduction of all these new classes, right? So you're still getting these classes coming in now with the wellness, <clears throat> you know, are, are, is there... There used to be, especially with the CBBF and stuff like this, we used to see people or judges actually almost judging on a curve, kind of like a curve based on the show, right? Uh, if a competitor came in that was actually looked like a pro, but in this class, they almost look too big because you're, you're almost graded based on who you stand beside. So big is relevant. You can take somebody who looks big at a, at a regional show, stick them beside a pro, and now they're not big, but at a regional show, you're like, wow, this, this person, let's just use figure or even, um, you know, wellness or something like this, you would be like, e they're almost too big. So then when they're the anomaly, like they're that one big one who, who literally looks professional, but everybody else would say, well, that's women's physique or eh, that's a little too hard for bikini. But, you know, this year we saw even at bikini, some of these girls like, um, Angelica was one of them who, who had like vascular calves and, you know, maybe she didn't place at the top, but these, these, these women are coming in for bikini looking like razor sharp. We're like, holy crap, it's getting crazy. And women's figure are almost looking like what we have at the national level for women's physique. So at what point is there a curve, you know, like if someone steps on stage and just like, pow, you, you could compete at the Olympia, but here, eh, so is does this happen or how are we trying to work around this or what's because they they still have to start somewhere and this i've seen in the past where when women's physique didn't exist yet and there was a women's uh figure girl and she like beyond belief like like everyone's like wow for sure for sure the best physique in the show like there's no comparison and uh they all said wow no, nah, next year you should do women's physique because you're too big, you're too hard. I'm like, 
crazy. You look like you go on stage at the Olympia. So maybe this was kind of just something I, I'd just like to see what your thoughts are on something like that. Well, you're right. In the past, I've seen that happen, especially, you know, back in the day when we were, uh, you know, with the IFBB International, where, you know, some of the competitors were penalized for being too big or too hard. What I find now is that, listen, if somebody uh, comes on stage like a, a women's, let's just say women's physique, I mean, she comes on stage looking like a bodybuilder. Well, she's going to be, she's in the wrong category. So, you know, she's going to be placed slower than what she should be. And she'll be advised, you know, listen, you should be in women's bodybuilding. Or somebody that comes on stage, uh, a bikini competitor that looks like a figure competitor. Well, of course, if, if she's too hard, she'll be placed down. But when it comes to bodybuilding, if you come on stage and you're big and you're hard and you look like you should be at the Olympia, you're going to win. <laughs> it just doesn't matter if you're a novice or, uh, you know, I mean, if you fit the category and you look like you should win that category. And as I mentioned before, uh, you know, you get some of these true novice competitors, bikini competitors that, you know, end up winning every class and the overall in the open. Well, they just had the perfect uh, genetics and, uh, you know, they, they just put it together right and they win. Sometimes we'll get a situation in, in, in some cases where you just got to judge what's on stage. You know, you got a bikini lineup, let's just say, and the girl that wins was really, truly, probably a little bit too extreme to have won. But if all the other competitors were just way too extreme on the other end of it, you know, you got to find that balance and say, okay, looking at that group, what is the best of that group? And sometimes, you know, it's, it's, perhaps the softer look with the nice proportion that's going to win, or it's an extreme look because all of the other looks are just, they're just not bikini kind of looks. So uh, if somebody comes on stage and they look like they should be in a pro qualifier or they should be at, at the pro level, uh, they're going to win. They should win. You know, I mean, especially bodybuilders, you know, you get somebody on stage that comes in, he weighs in at 225 and he's shredded and big and has nice lines and he, everybody else looks like they're in a different show. Well, you know, you just place them first, put them aside. Now let's judge these other ones, second, third, fourth, and fifth. Uh, I, you know, I know that's the way I judge it. And I believe most of the head judges, you know. Yeah, body bodybuilding is that easy one. That's an easy one. You're right. biggest, the biggest, the leanest, off you go. It's it's those other ones. And that's kind of where I was more focused on because now women's wellness has just uh, emerged, right? So now, you know, looking back at last year's um, shows, you're, I'm just watching even from all the other regional shows and this kind of stuff, you're seeing some physiques that have won wellness who are now basically moving forward as what is deemed the poster of like what is acceptable in wellness. And some of them don't always fit, right? You're looking at them and be like, eh, it's not really wellness, but it was the best they had at that show, right? So well, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess as long as we know that the judges are judging the, the, the athletes based on what the pros look like, not what is on stage in front of them. That was majority my question is that yeah. that's kind of how things go. Yeah, well, exactly. It's just that sometimes, you know, they'll, you'll get a lineup, say, of wellness on stage and they just, none of them look like the pros. So, you know, you got to kind of look at, okay, the look that we are going, that yeah. eventually they will have should be this. And, and if somebody's a little bit more conditioned than they sh should be, uh, but has that wellness look with the full leg, full glutes, and, you know, a, a, a nice upper body, then, you know, that that particular person is going to win. But for those, you know, the bikini and the figure, uh, and listen, at the regional shows, as you guys are aware, we have a lot of competitors that'll do, that are testing themselves. They don't know what category they belong. So they'll do a bikini and a figure, or they'll do a well, uh, they'll do a, a women's physique and a bodybuilding or a women's physique and a figure. So that kind of dictates the category they should be leaning into. And then, it gets, it, gets, and then it gets confusing when they win both and you're like, uh, well, unfortunately that does that. happen. <laughs> but again, you're, you know, I mean, if, if you've been at these shows where that has happened, uh, you got to look at the other physiques that are there. Yeah. Know? The numbers of athletes are usually fairly low. Yeah. And, and that dictates it a lot. Sometimes, you know, women's, uh, physique is a, maybe a little, a little bit hard for, for figure, but a little soft for women's physique, but she's still the best in both. Well, 
you know, she's going to end up winning it. it. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. But we, there's still, a, a, you know, when, when she comes to a head judge and she says, listen, I've won both categories. What should I do? Well, as a head judge, you know, you, you just have to ask a few questions. And you can tell by looking at the physique that she hasn't reached her potential yet. And her potential will either be in one or the other. And you can, you can kind of tell by the physique that, listen, you got that physique look. You know, keep working in that area. And I think that's, that's going to be the look that's going to fit your body best. Or, you know, you got more of a figure look, you know, just, uh, you know, focus on that, soften up a little bit, whatever, whatever it is that they need to do. So, you know, we try to give them the right adv advice. Genetics play a role. Of course, training and diet influences the, the genetics a lot also. But genetics usually play a big role and, you know, uh, and, and same with women, women's wellness. I mean, that's an easy one. I mean, sometimes they're just genetically, physically made for the wellness division. You know, yeah. they, they just got the full glutes, the full leg. They just, you know, it just fits good for them. So we're, we're fortunate that we are introducing wellness and there's going to be pro cars for that. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to be a very popular category for the future. Yeah, this is the first year that the Olympia is going to accept it in and yeah, it's going to be at the Olympia. Uh, a big role that the head judge and the judges have to play is, is, is they have to try to control the sport in terms of rewarding those that actually belong in that category. And I think the reason why we've added a lot of categories is that we've been rewarding those that are getting more. We're just kind of conditioned to look at athletes that are in real good condition or really lean. We're just conditioned that way. And it's hard to hold back. So I think the judges now are even in bikini, you know, we're getting more and more extreme. But now I see uh, from what the Olympia and from our head judge, uh, you know, uh, Tyler, for one, uh, they're, they're, they're really kind of holding back a bit. You know, they, they don't want the extreme, extreme look, but they do want the nice, uh, athletic, firm uh, look for bikini. And, and, and same thing with the figure. You know, they're looking more at the whole package. And I've seen it when I go to the Olympia. Uh, I mean, it's easy for a judge to fall into that trap where the hardest person has got to win. It's just something that you got to hold back on and you got to be aware of it. And I, it's part of the learning curve when the new judges come on board. And, it's part, and the head judge, who should be the senior judge there, who's got all that experience, you know, people like Rudy and myself. And, you know, we got Tammy Beckers. We, you know, we, got, we have a lot of judges that have that experience that have judged uh, some of the major events across Canada and the U.S. Those are the ones that are going to help the judges. And, and, you know, some of the judges just have that that eye for it. It's not like you have to be a competitor or to have been in the sport for years and years or to have been a, an IFBB pro. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be, a, you know, a great head judge or a great judge or the fact that you've been in the sport for years. Some of the judges that come on board just have that eye and that they understand the sport and they understand the look and, and they can pick it out. And uh, that's, that. so sometimes we'll get a new judge that comes on board and picks it up right away. They just seem to have that, that knack, but the more experience you get, uh, the better you're going to get at it. And then the more fair the outcome of the show will be. Yeah. Experience. That's actually the, the next question. I was going to talk about like the nationals and all that kind of stuff that happened, but I think we'll skip ahead because I'm sure you beat that to death with a lot of uh, a lot of people asking you how like the whole process of what happened. And so um, the question that I kind of had was because we're talking about experience. So much that we're seeing now is a lot of the athletes are trying to do this one show to turn pro, uh, you know, method. And you know, I just kind of want to know your thoughts on this. You, there's so many regional shows and the fact that the CPA allows you to compete anywhere across Canada, but yet you still see people sticking to their kind of regionals. Cause I think we're still stuck in this whole, I'm from Manitoba. I got to go with, uh, with what's there and I'm from here and everyone's kind of sticking within the click, you know, obviously with Canada, we're, we're really spread out. So to fly anywhere, it costs an arm and a leg where in the U S everyone's just kind of moving around. You got like tons of shows within a state. So there's a little bit difference. And I see that sometimes the Americans have a little bit of an advantage because they're doing multiple shows before they make it to that pro. And they've had the experience where we're here. And, you know, that it's a two part question. Like, what are your thoughts about doing multiple shows before trying to get to your pro qualifier? 
And then what is the most common mistake that you kind of come across um, the most, you know, like when you're judging people, it's like, it's, it's the mistake that people just seem to keep making. So I guess it's a two part question. Yeah. Well, first off, back in the day, if you remember, I mean, in order to get to a pro qualifier, I mean, go, you know, you just got to go back like five, six years, really. Uh, you had to do your regional show here in Ontario anyway. And, and I think all the provinces were in the same boat. You know, you had to do a regional show. From there, you would do a uh, your provincial event. And then the uh, top three, I think, at that time, or top five from the provincial event could go to the Canadian National Pro Qualifier. And there was only one at the time. I think there was Canadian National Pro Qualifier and the Natural Canada. Uh, and, you know, uh, at the Canadian National Pro Qualifier, it was one overall winner. So just getting out of the Ontarios was tough, you know, because it was so competitive here in Ontario. Uh, and then you went to the Canada's and, and if you didn't place in the, I, I believe in the top five at that time, you know, you had to go back to your provincial championship. So it was, it was tough to, to get a pro card back in the day. Now we've opened it up. I mean, now you don't, you don't have to do the provincials, right? You just basically do a regional show. You place in the top three and that qualifies you right to a pro qualifier. And from the pro qualifier, you know, the overall, it's still the overall winners, but we're now giving overall cards for masters and open. And there's a lot more pro qualifiers, Canadian national pro qualifier, Toronto pro qualifier, Vancouver pro qualifier, uh, the Ben Weeder natural pro qualifier. So we've really expanded. I mean, I think the competitors compared to where we were, we're like five times better than what, in terms of getting that opportunity for pro card. But I find that a lot of the competitors are trying to get there too quickly. They'll do one regional show and they're, you know, they're, they're at a pro qualifier a month later. And, uh, you know, they're thinking they should win a, a pro card at the pro qualifier. They go there. Uh, they just want a regional show. The overall, they're on top of the world. They go to a pro qualifier and boom, you know, they're like fourth call out third call out so it's a real downer for them you know what i what i would recommend for a lot of the athletes or a lot of competitors is listen you know do a couple of regional shows you know you know, you know once you qualify doesn't matter how many regional shows you do after that your qualification won't be taken away so if you qualify in the spring and say you want to go to the nationals this year which is in uh, uh which is going to be in the fall right in november well you know, you got all of these uh, regional shows anywhere in Canada that you can hit. In the past, you had to stick to your own province. I mean, you couldn't do a regional show outside your province. Now it's opened up, even, you know, Manitoba. But, I mean, you're not far. You know, you got shows in Thunder Bay, which is next to Manitoba. You got shows, uh, you know, uh, in Regina. So there, there's all kinds of shows. And if you're willing to travel a little bit, you should be able to hit two regional shows. So, yeah, the biggest mistake they do is they try to get there too quickly. And then, you know, it, then it's right back to the drawing board. They know that the following year, they'll have to do another regional show. And then from that regional show, again, they got to, you know, hit the, the, the pro qualifier. I think getting some experience, I mean, if you're, especially first-time competitors, it's great that they're doing these novice and true novice events because those are not, those are just for bragging rights. And I've seen a lot of them come in and, you know, we try to encourage them to do a, an open event also or a, natural open event do the novice but also do an open so you can qualify but some of them you know they stick to their guns they just want to do the novice they want to get their feet wet uh you know uh and if they do win then they know that hey you know next time i go to another regional show i'll i'll, I'll hit an open event and try to qualify and, and work my way up but one thing about canada though we, we do bring a lot of competitors to the north americans and we are a force to be reckoned with because when we get over there, I mean, the North Americans, it's all of the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, right? Yeah. Uh, and and when we show up there, we, we do really well in terms of, of uh, pro cards uh, because we bring a lot of quality there. I mean, you know, when they're coming to our nationals, they still have to be the overall winner. It's not class winners that get pro cards. And some of our classes, second place, I mean, sometimes you'll look at all of the winners from the bikini class or even the bodybuilding class. They're all lined up there. You know, you kind of feel that, the, you know, you're going to pick one overall winner in the open class. But out of that, 
lineup of all winners, whether it's a super heavyweight, a heavyweight, and a light heavyweight, the three of them could could possibly win a pro card as a North American. And the same thing happens at, at, with the bikinis. You know, they give cards for, for each class. So yeah, they got a better chance. So we bring uh, we, we have a lot of quality. And I mean, look, look at the Olympia this year. We had three, three, you know, we had the three winners from Canada, yeah. you know, our fitness, uh, our, our, uh, classic physique, classic physique. Yeah. And, uh, who was our third one? Or right, we had, we had, um, well, we had a second place in bikini. So we had, we had, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and our fitness competitor, you know, our fitness competitor. So, you know, she, she's a pro from, uh, Ontario and uh began her fitness career here in uh in canada uh starting uh here in uh in northern ontario and then uh she she competed i believe she competed at our show at the toronto pro qualifier one year but she ended up moving to the u.s but she is a canadian competitor and, this and, is and, truscott yeah hey. she's one of our girls so you know we had you know really we have three winners i mean that's that's something yeah, that's pretty good pretty good you know, we're pretty, we're pretty proud of that. So, uh, we, we, we've done well. I mean, Canada is well known. We're very well respected, uh, across, uh, into, well, in the U S and for that matter, around the world. And, uh, they know who we are. And as you know, it all started here with Ben and Joe Weider. I mean, this is where they were born that I, I there's a lot of history here in Canada and, and, and uh, we're very well respected. Yeah, so they basically basically the message is just make sure you put in put in the work and try not to skip steps. And yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, you get the odd one that you know you know might do the first time regional. Well, usually it's not a first time regional competitor, but you get the odd one that just has that great quality. They do the regional show. They come to a pro qualifier. They do fairly well. Well, they don't win the pro card. But they place in the top five, so it gives them an opportunity to come back. Well, I'll often see a first-time competitor place in a place at, at at a pro qualifier, maybe in the top ten, and now they're all excited about going to the North Americans. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, in reality, you know, go back to the drawing board and uh, you know try try to place higher at at least top five, or uh, or even try to win in win your class. If you if you don't win your pro card at the Canadian Pro Qualifier or the Toronto Pro Super Show, whatever pro qualifier we have here, if you don't win your pro card, but you were a winner of your class, well then you know the North Americans is, is a great is a great stepping stone for you to get a pro card. Yeah, but, you know when you show up there and you, you you know you're not even in the top ten and you want to hit the the North Americans, you know I would probably recommend you know go back to the regionals, do another pro qualifier, get some experience, and then. Uh, you know, take it from there. Yeah, I feel like that overall, since it changed, right? Like back in the day, that overall used to give you that lifetime buy. Yeah, and that's that's kind of changed people's mentality now. So now people are like, meh, you know, that's why they 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 come first, second, or third, and they feel like they can get now to the the pro qualifier because there was no point fighting for that overall. But I still tell people, I'm like, if you can't win an overall at a, at a regional show. I'm like, you know, unless you were basically going in that regional show just to kind of like put your foot on the stage so that you can, you know, you're not coming in 100% and that your your main goal is that pro qualifier, say maybe two weeks down the road and you didn't want to peak twice. But, you know, I, I feel that win that overall and then now, okay, you have something. But yeah. I agree with you. Uh, you know, if you, if you can win that overall, then, you know, you really, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're on your way. Uh, when you hit a pro qualifier, you go there with a lot of confidence. And, uh, you know, if you, if you want the overall at a regional show and you go to a pro qualifier and you place in the top five, I mean, that's, that's amazing. And, and, and if, and if you win, cause you got to remember a lot of the competitors at a pro qualifier, as you know, have placed in the top five and are coming back might be the third time back. They play second, third, fourth. So you're just a newcomer who had won an overall at a regional show. They're going up against competitors that have been there three or four times because they continually placed in the top five. So they, or you get, or you get that odd uh, Ron Partlow who's been uh, over and over and over and over. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, there's, yeah. there's some good caliber there and uh, <laughs> yeah, there's you a know, few he, he should have won there, but yeah, it, it, it becomes very competitive. Uh, but, 
you know, we're really fortunate. And you're right, back in the day, as you remember, you know, if you won the overall uh, at a regional show, you had a lifetime buy to the, to the provincials. And if you won the overall at the provincials, you had a lifetime buy to the Canada's or the pro qualifier. Well, those yeah. days are over now. You win the overall at a regional show, you go to the pro qualifier, you don't place in the top five, you're going back to your regional show to requalify. So, uh, you know, we, we, we want we want them to work a little bit for it. We just don't want. Yeah, to that it. means that they there's still something that's missing, right? If you can't make that top five, you're not quite yeah. there. So go back, perfect your thing, and, uh, and yeah, and in a lot of cases, you know, they go back and they just get better at it and they get more confident, and uh, you know, eventually they place in the top five. Now they got that they got that uh, top five position. They know that they don't have to go back to a regional show. They can just focus now on that one show, that one pro qualifier. Uh, they've earned the right for placing in the top five. Uh, so, uh, and then hopefully, uh, you know, they get a chance to win and perhaps, you know, even win an overall and get a pro card. I have a question actually about uh, judging. For, for someone that may be interested in becoming a judge, what is the screening process or criteria that takes place for someone to, uh, to become a judge? Yeah, that's a good question. And and we've had a lot of people that have been wanting to judge. I mean, we, we have, you know, especially trainers, you know, and, and, you know, they'd probably be great judges because they're trainers. Uh, the only problem with that is the potential for conflict of interest, you know. So, you know, some of the trainers will call us, uh, you know, and that's my first question. And, you know, listen, are you a trainer? Yes. Do you train athletes? Yes compete yes i do well listen rather than being a judge why don't you become an ambassador like yourself right mm -hmm. yep. why don't you become an ambassador that way there you're involved in the sport and you can help athletes and uh, you know we'll support you and you support us so basically if you want to become a judge you know we ask the person that's interested in doing this to send us their resume in a lot of cases it's either an athlete that has competed for years they volunteer at shows. They've been at many events. Uh, they want they want to stay involved. So you know we we love to give them an opportunity. And then especially in some areas in Canada where you know we're, we're lacking judges, or we do have judges, but we got to fly them in, and, and it's just an overwhelming cost for the promoters, right? So you know we like to get the locals involved as much as possible. So once they send us a resume. Well, uh, you know, Ruby and I will have a look at the resume and, uh, uh, you know, we'll see what they've done. And, uh, and in some cases, we'll let them know that, listen, you know, uh, you've only been to one show, seriously. Uh, you know, hit a, hit a few more shows, send us a, a resume in a year or two from now. Uh, you know, if, if you've attended a lot of shows and, uh, you know, you're, you're involved in the sport and you're volunteering at a lot of shows also, oh, those are all kudos. They're all points for you. From there, we'll give them an opportunity to... Uh, either test judge a regional show uh, just to see how well they can do, or we'll have them attend a regional show. And, uh, you know, uh, they'll follow our lead. Uh, we'll give them some advice on what they should be looking for. But in a lot of cases, test judging is the important criteria. Uh, but in order to become a judge, test judging a regional show is usually not enough. Uh, because in a lot of cases, it's not a huge event. There's two, three competitors in each class, or there might be four or five competitors. And as you're aware, you know, a lot of them will just follow the lead that the head judge does. You know, they see one in the middle, they place him first, so they just follow the lead. So to make it a little bit more honest, what we recommend or what we actually tell them to do is to come to a pro qualifier on their own expense. And what they'll do is they'll test judge the pro qualifier, but instead of placing the athletes, what we'll do is we'll ask them for their top five. You know, okay. before, before, you know, if there's a lineup of 25, 30 people there, we want to see your top five. So if they can at least do that, that gives us a good idea that they know what they're doing, you know. And along with that, we'll want them to place them also. So, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll sit behind us. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on them. They'll pick their top five as soon as we just we do the presentation round. And then we'll do the, uh, the lineup without you know, in numerical order, like we usually do, they got to give us their top five. And, you know, if, if they're getting four out of five or five out of five, that's a pretty good indication that, okay, this, this person has some potential and uh, we'll give that person an opportunity to become a judge. So, you know, they'll judge a show, perhaps a regional event. And again, the head judge is all, always kind of mentoring uh, these new judges on board. So they'll have an opportunity to actually judge. And in some cases, uh, you know, we may have 
some extra judges, so they may just be an alternate judge just to get things started. So we'll see what their scores are. And if their scores are in line with the other judges, you know, they'll get to actually uh, judge the scores. But as you know, uh, whether we're going with five judges, which is, you know, uh, the norm for regional events or seven judges uh, or even nine judges, we eliminate the highs and lows to try to keep everything in balance. And uh, in most cases, it, it works out. It works out good. But yeah, there's a little bit of pressure uh, for, for these for these newcomers. But the ones that are really dedicated, you know, they're willing to uh, to do that. They're willing to test judge. They're willing to come at their own expense. And, and that tells us that, okay, you know, they're serious about this and they, they want to stay involved with the sport because it's a lot of fun. And, uh, and at some point, that particular judge will eventually get the experience. And who knows, maybe one day, you know, head judge one of the events. So what that's basically how it's done. It's not like a written test. You know, they literally have to be there. Yeah. <laughs> an online test, yeah. Yeah. One of, like questions, test, yeah. One of my questions <laughs> was with Written now with test. sorry, we're talking <laughs> over each other. Um, now with the muscle wear and stuff, I was kind of looking at how it's set up. And I remember at one point there was talks about like a point system. Because I'm not now that you all you're aware that me and Humberto were with the NPC. So we're seeing like a lot of differences in in, in how things are moving and we're looking, uh, you know, there's now even our show in Cancun, there's, they're, they're going to start um, presenting the athletes with their certificate to say that, you know, eventually if it becomes a mandatory show, like a, a tier system, right? Because right now in Cancun, there is no tier system. They don't even have to do our Cancun show. They just go straight to the pro qualifier. And this is kind of what I'm talking about. It's this one show and they're trying to all be pros, right? You, you'd have no idea how many messages we get. It's like, oh, is this a pro show? And we're like, no, it's a regional. They're like, ah, you know, so it's, it's, it's the mentality. They think that they're going to be pro right off the hop, but with a tier system, I think there was even talks about that kind of here in Canada. It was, was, is there anything about that? Like if you win the overall, you get X amount of points. Is this still something that you guys are still working towards? Or is this something that we really can't talk? Cause if we can't talk about it, I can eliminate this from the. No, uh, no, no, there's been absolutely no discussion about that. We're basically, I think, you know, we're running like NPC and, and CPA, you know, we're kind of like together, you know, we're under that umbrella, but all the other countries may, may be a little bit different, but there's no point system. They're happy with the way we're running things here in Canada. Uh, so they're, you know, if, if it's not broken, why fix it? I know there's a point system. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, as you know, The Rock was going to run a, a, right. a show uh, last year and it, it didn't happen. And I believe they, I don't think it's happening this year either. I, I know think they moved it. I mean, they haven't said if it was going to happen or not, but they no, changed no, they, it. they canceled, they canceled, they moved it. Yeah. So, you know, there was a point system to, to actually compete in that event. Okay. And, and they were asking us, you know, the top five from all our regional shows and the winners. And, and, and we were get and CPA was getting that information out in 2019. Uh, to uh, to MPC, uh, and uh, th it was a point system in in order to, to compete in that particular event. But the show's been canceled like two years now. So yeah. uh, you know, eventually he's go they're going to have it. I'm hoping 2022, and there may be a, a point system for that. But it come when it comes to uh, the way we have the system in place here, it's not going to change. I, I well, feel pretty confident we're just going to maintain and NPC, not NPC worldwide, but NPC USA, they kind of have basically the same system we have, you know, uh, the regional shows, uh, you're qualified for one year, we're kind of following NPC guidelines, uh, you know, maybe we tweaked a few little things, but we're very, very close to what NPC USA does and the CPA kind of runs hand in hand with them. Now, all the other countries, you know, a little bit different, I mean, even in France, you know, we're going to be running five regional shows and a couple of pro qualifiers. I mean, other countries can actually compete in our regional shows. Uh, they just, they're just, uh, they can compete there, but they don't qualify anywhere. So, I mean, if, if, if you're from another country and you want to compete in a regional show, because they're just building it in, in Europe and perhaps in Mexico, it's the same deal. You can compete at a regional event, but you don't, uh, you don't, uh, qualify anywhere what, what about here in canada if someone wants to come from the states can they do we recognize their npc card no no 
MPC, CPA, we're like the MPC. We have the CPA card, which is recognized worldwide. You can use yeah. that CPA card to compete at the Amateur Olympia, at the North American. No, even, even at Cancun, at, at Cancun, you have CPA membership cards. Well, you can yeah, it, it, if anybody from Canada competes in Cancun, you know, they'll need a CPA membership, not an MPC worldwide membership. It's recognized around the world. So yeah. as long as they got a CPA membership, they, they, they can use it now. I'm not sure what the criteria. I know that a lot of countries that have pro qualifiers in order for anybody from Canada to compete there, they need to get a permission from us or they need to have at least competed in one of our shows first. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, usually, uh, you know, one of our pro qualifiers. Now, most of the countries, provided they competed in a regional show, you know, they, they can compete at a pro qualifier somewhere. But there's, uh, there's a certain numbers of countries and we're one of them. Where they, they need to have permission to compete at a pro qualifier in another country. Now, the amateur Olympia in the past uh, and the amateur Arnold's in the past, you can go directly to those events without having, provided you had an NPC membership or a, or a CPA membership, you can go right to those events. Now, uh, what they're recognizing is they want competitors going to the amateur Olympia or the amateur Arnold's to have at least competed at, you know, one of our regional shows before they can go to, to those pro qualifiers, especially here in Canada. I mean, there's no reason why they can't hit a pro qualifier here first. You know, we got, you know, we don't want to bypass our pro qualifiers and we don't want anybody bypassing our regional shows. I mean, the promoters are out there, they're working their butt off to try to put these shows on. And if competitors are not doing the regional shows, uh, well, you know, you won't be able to put them on. Right. And, uh, we're well invested here in Canada. We got over uh, 55 events, just like the U.S. I think per capita, we probably got more shows than any other country per capita, even compared to the U.S. in terms of population per capita. We, we have a lot of shows and uh, we probably have the highest per capita. So there's no reason why somebody from Canada can, should go to another country to compete. They have to do one of ours first. And I won't allow it. As long as you do the regional shows here and even the even the North Americans, they need to do a pro qualifier. So, uh, you know, we have, we have some guidelines, but I think we've, we've really opened it up compared to where, to where it was years ago. And, and it's about trying to give as much opportunity to the competitor as possible. And I think we've done that here in Canada. Yeah, it makes sense. It gives them the experience too. So like I said, takes away that one show to go pro kind of idea. We're, we're getting close, uh, close on time, but I'll give the last question to uh, Humberto. If you have one. Uh, actually I have, um, I mean, Ron, you are an, an experienced promoter, and I, um, as I, as Ryan mentioned before, I'm going to be promoting my first show uh, with him in Cancun. Do you have any advice for a rookie promoter such as myself going into my first uh, venture in, in Cancun, Mexico? Well, yeah, well, fortunately, you got Ryan as your partner, right? <laughs> you got a little bit of experience. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, you know, uh, I mean, budget budget is important. You have to know your 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 community. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure on you because that, that's somewhere mm -hmm. uh, that you're familiar with. Yep. Um, I, I think if you uh, if you treat the competitors right and and you and, and you stay within a certain budget, you know, you ensure the competitors have a great experience. Uh, you know, if it, in in a lot of cases they just they they don't need big big prizes. You know, if you give them some nice medals and some nice awards, they're really going to love it. You're running a regional show there, correct? Both you and Ryan? Yeah, and, and it's basically for bragging rights or is it qualifying them to anything? As Ryan mentioned, uh, this year they're not going to employ the, uh, yeah. the tier system. Not yet. So it's, yeah, you could say. It's I think that's yet. great. But I mean, because MPC worldwide, you know, wants to get, have more of an influence in Mexico. And, and, and you guys being there uh, is, is very important to them. And uh, I, I think if you put in... Uh, you know, some effort in creating some nice novice and and, uh, and beginner uh, lineups along with the open categories. I think you're going to have some uh, some great numbers. You really, really want to focus on try to get as many competitors at your event as possible. I know that uh, in terms of uh, finances for Mexico, I don't know the country that well, that the entry fees may be a little different than here in Canada. Uh, but if you can meet your, you know, you got to be humble the first time. You can't go huge, is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Keep the venue reasonable. 
uh, be fair in, in terms of, uh, you know, what you're going to charge for, uh, for entry fees and, and, you know, what you're going to charge for spectators to watch the show. And, you know, get that relationship going with your venue, uh, with your uh, sponsors, uh, you know, get, get involved with that community. And if you plan to run an annual event in that particular community, it's only going to grow, you know. So the first year, if you can come out of that event breaking even and, and everybody had a great experience, that's total success. It really is. So, uh, you know, uh, coming out of it with, with a little bit of profit so that you can build for the future years is, is even better. But that, that would be my advice to you. Just, uh, awesome. Thank you very much. Focus on that. And I think you'll do just fine. Yeah, now if, and now if we can just get this uh, travel ban lifted so that we don't get stuck in Cancun. <laughs> well, that, that's, that right now, I mean, obviously last year was a disaster and, you know, I don't want to go through it. Uh, I, I mean, it was, it, it's something that I just want to put behind us and we want to move forward. Yeah. But, you know, we were all hoping that 2021 is like, hey, this is the year. Uh, but we are committed here in Canada and I know the, all the promoters, the regional promoters, and, and I think our first show is going to be in May. Uh, you know, a lot of, some of the promoters have, have moved their shows to try to make sure that we can run it. But I think every promoter here in Canada wants to run their show. They got an A plan, a B plan, and a C plan. I mean, you know, even us with the pro qualifiers, if I have to run that show in a tent, you know, we're going to make it ha happen. And I'm sure Ryan, as a promoter, and yourself, Humberto, you know, this year we really feel the pressure that we have to run these shows. Competitors have been waiting too long. Uh, they've been getting ready, and last year, you know, they a lot of them got burnt, and uh, you know, we don't want to let them down this year. So, you know, I, I kind of feel we're not going to have the biggest numbers like 2019. I, I think 2022 is when things are really going to start to roll again. But I believe, uh, as promoters, we're going to uh, we're going to get these shows done for sure. We really feel I really feel confident that it's going to happen. It should be a good year for the competitors coming on board. Yeah, let's hope. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that, that's basically it. We just kind of want to get you on here so people can see who you are and get a few questions answered. But thanks for joining us and taking time out of your uh, evening to, uh, to speak with us. I enjoyed it. It was nice talking to you guys and uh, looking forward to uh, being in uh, Winnipeg, seeing your shows over there. And uh, who knows? Maybe I'll take a trip to Mexico. Things open up. And <laughs> exactly. Nice. Right. All right. Take care. And uh, we'll Thank be you, Ron. All right. Have a good night. Take Bye -bye. care. Bye for now.